0: Welcome back to the Northern Kentucky Football Show. If you're new here, welcome. If you are the group listening in Denver and Seattle, we appreciate you. <laughs> 11 games to review from last week, including the high-stakes showdowns at CuffCath, Scott, and Connor. Brosser still unbeaten. After defeating Ludlow at the MAC on Friday, big games on the docket this weekend, including huge district and non-district showdowns. Joe, anything from you this weekend?
1: So going through the box scores and also just watching games on Friday night and following along, you're, you're looking at a lot of teams now, and some of these are big brand name teams going to more of a youth movement at quarterback. We're seeing a lot of sophomore quarterbacks now starting to play some important football games. I'll just list some of these teams here now who have sophomore quarterbacks starting. Newcath, Covcath, Walton Verona, Campbell County. So those are teams that we're used to seeing doing well. And we're also looking at a big program in Campbell County going to a more youth movement at quarterback. And, you know, it's always interesting. Uh, you know, the debate of developing a young guy, getting him out there and getting him a chance to to get some snaps and learn a little bit and develop for the future versus the idea of trying to win games now. Yeah. And look, these guys might give their teams the best chance to win right now. I, I don't know, but I, I did notice going through the box scores that we have a handful of programs who have gone to young quarterbacks, yeah. and I think that's interesting.
0: And all but Newcastle, I think they made the switch during the season. That's a great point, too. Yeah. And the kid at Newcath, did you see the numbers he put up this week? What a night, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to get to that. Uh, No coaching interview this week um, due to my laziness. Uh, (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Hey, you're allowed, man. We get busy. Now the recap of the week six games, the final after four overtimes from Park Hills, Covington Catholic 31, Cooper 24. And what may be the most intense game that we played in North Kentucky all season, the Colonels. Outlast the Jags in a game that gave gut punches to both teams. Cooper would score first with 7.50 left in the second quarter on a Brennan Ty five-yard touchdown run. Both Cooper and Kovkath would threaten on their next possessions, but couldn't find the end zone or points before the half ended. However, after a penalty backed Cooper up following the second-half kickoff, Brennan Tye would burst through the middle of the line, spin off of a dude, then dance his way to the house for a 99-yard score and a 14-0 lead. Cuffcath would then mount a 13-play drive that ended in a preston A.G. 11-yard touchdown run with 5.06 remaining in the third quarter. On their next possession, a 12-play 85-yard drive was capped off by A.G.'s 19-yard touchdown run with 6.13 to go, which tied the score and set up the drama that would follow. Cooper would get the ball and begin the march when Adam Holtz intercepted Drewworth's pass, which he returned to the Cooper 42 with 3.20 to play. A.G. would run them down to the Cooper 24... But an errant snap caused Kofke to lose 11 yards with 20 seconds remaining. This would set up a 42-yard field goal for Eli Nally. But the attempt was no good, and it was free football for all. In the first overtime, Cooper's Eli White would punch it in from 5 yards out to give the Jags the lead. But Preston Agee would answer with a 1-yard touchdown run to tie it. In the second overtime, more drama would unfold. After a Cooper defensive stop, Nally's 30-yard field goal attempt was no good, giving Cooper the ball at the 10 with a chance to win it. They would run it down to the three-yard line, setting up a Drew Worth 19-yard field goal, but the snap was low and the kick was blocked, forcing the third overtime. Worth would kick a 29-yard field goal to put the Jags up three in Kovkath, and Eli Nally would answer with a 29-yard field goal of his own, setting the fourth overtime. Took Preston Agee two plays to score in his fourth touchdown of the night. The Jags were unable to get the ball in the end zone, sending Kovkath to the Grotto victors. Preston Agee, absolute stud on Friday night. 21 carries, 127 yards four touchdowns, and led the team in tackles with 11, including two for loss. Reed Hummel ran for 74 yards on 15 carries. Evan Pitzer was 5 of 14 for 69 yards in his first start. Zion Mason had a 37-yard catch. Nick Boydston and Hummel had 11-yard catches. Garrett Benke and David Sullivan both had five-yard catches. Nick Darple, Aiden Jones, and David Sullivan had six tackles. Zion Mason, Dallas Worth, and Trevor Wilson had four. Wilson had a sack as well. Robbie Sanfis and Adam Holtz both had interceptions. For Cooper, Brennan Ty rushed 14 times for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Eli White had 60 yards on 16 carries. Drew Worth was 8 of 12 for 75 yards. Alex Turner caught three balls for 23 yards. Jake Harmeyer caught two for 21. Brennan Tai had a 21-yard catch. Eli White and Austin Alexander also caught passes. Jack Lonaker led the team with a game-high 23 tackles. What? 12 of which were solo. Can you believe that? Wow. Are you kidding me? Jake Harmeyer had 13. Marciano McCullough had 11. Austin Alexander had 11 and one and a half sacks. Adam Sand also had nine and Brennan Ty had eight. Woo. That's a lot.
1: Lots. That's what happens in four overtimes in a high school football game. This goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. And there's a lot to unpack in a game that had four quarters and four overtimes, but the big story for Covcath was going to Evan Pitzer at quarterback as a sophomore. Um, knowing the program I knew before season, the season, the, the debate was, and we have seen Eddie do this going back to AJ Mayer. He started as a sophomore developed into a state championship quarterback. Caleb Jacob started as a sophomore developed into a state championship quarterback. The question was, would they go Holtz, the senior who had put his time in, or would they go with the sophomore and Holtz won the job, out of summer training camp. But we've seen throughout the year, they've tried Preston Agee, a quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's more of just a get the ball and go. Downhill runner. Man, does he go downhill. And that's a good package.
0: It's been very successful for them.
1: I mean, he gets the ball, and he hits that line he of scrimmage. an animal. He is impressive. But uh, as far as a throwing quarterback goes, Evan Pitzer is now taking over. And from what I understand, and I, I listened to some of the game uh, on the radio, and then I also was following on Twitter, it sounds like Pitzer has good instincts. Uh, he obviously has good size, just needs time to develop into, you know, that seasoned quarterback that we're used to seeing from Covcath. And that just takes time. You need time on task to become that good of a player. So, uh, yeah, we've seen it now. They made the move. Um, I would assume CovCat sticks with it going forward for the rest of the season. It's one of those things. You don't make that move and then and usually go back. Uh, But good to see Adam Holt still getting in there and making a difference. Had a big play in this game, an interception that nearly set up a game winner in regulation. Uh, But for Cathy, you mentioned it, Preston Agee was a stud. Uh, Trevor Wilson, been waiting for a stat line like this for him. I know how talented he is. Made three plays in the backfield, two tackles for loss at a sack. For Cooper, this drops them to 3-2, and and the two losses are... are two games that I'm sure Randy's just losing sleep about because they're both winnable games for Cooper, and they could very well be 5-0. They're, they're that good this season, but the bottom line is they're 3-2, and and man, Brandon Ty, Eli White, they are just lightning than the thunder, right? I mean, 30 carries, 210 yards, and three combined touchdowns. Really impressive for them. They do it every week, and uh, the consistency they have... And that's a team, you know, we talk about the quarterback, we talk about the running backs. Obviously, their offensive line does a great job because of the the rushing numbers they have every week. But mm-hmm. Jack Loneker, I mean, you talk about the wow. sophomore quarterbacks. Yeah, That's a sophomore linebacker. Animal. 23 tackles. The interception was a huge play. Uh, he's obviously going to be a difference maker out for Cooper uh, for several years. Boy, I'm excited to see where his future takes him. Uh, But Brendan Ty, one more note I wanted to add. Uh, He is averaging more than 100 yards a game, 517 yards in five games. So you're talking about a kid right now pacing for a 1,000-yard high school football season. He's really good. Uh, There's a reason I call him the Northern Kentucky Joe Mixon. It's not just because he wears number 28, but when he gets the ball, it's one of those kids that is capable of making a play every time he touches it. That's why he pops every Friday night. Listen to the broadcast. Your brother does a really good job. That is my nephew. Oh, okay. My nephew, Drew. Yeah, it's my oldest brother's oldest I couldn't son. figure
0: it out. He sounded pretty young to be your brother. but Yeah, so he's
1: in college, finishing up at UC. Uh, really intelligent kid. Uh, played football at Cubcat. Now does the broadcast for him. And there's a lot of people who tell me all the time he's a better broadcaster than me, which isn't a lie. It's true. He's good. He better love it, then. He does love it. But it's not what he's going to do for his career he's a lot smarter than me and is going to go on and do some some really cool things he's already got uh you know a lot of internships and um co-ops so he's uh he's well on his way to being a much more successful Danaman than me but there you go you know he's kind of scratching (laughs) a little bit of an itch there it's just fun i think he really enjoys it and he does a a really good job he's been doing it for a while does football and
0: basketball he does a great job good dixie 28, Highlands 21. And what we thought would be a high-scoring game started off that way on Dixie Highway Friday night. Dixie came out of the gate firing all cylinders, scoring on three consecutive first-half possessions, the first on a Pierce-Roman three-yard touchdown run midway through the first quarter. Highlands would answer six plays later on a 37-yard touchdown pass from Charlie Noon to receiver Clayton Lloyd to make it 7-all with 3-10 remaining in the first quarter. Dixie would then march 74 yards and score on a nine-yard touchdown run from senior Colin Smith on the first play of the second quarter. After a 4-and-out for Highlands, Dixie would again drive and score when Logan Landers would find Brock Rice alone running up the Dixie sideline for the 32-yard touchdown and a 21-7 lead. Highlands quarterback Charlie Noon would then find Carson Class wide open for a 63-yard touchdown catch, and the Birds trailed 21-14 going into the break. The score would remain that way until 4-17 left in the third quarter. That's when Noon would score on a 4-yard touchdown run to tie the game. On the ensuing Dixie possession, the Colonels would score on a 20-yard touchdown run from Landers to give them the lead, which they would hold on to, securing the win on a Colin Smith interception in the end zone with seconds remaining in the game. Landers was 13-of-18 for 128 yards and added 127 yards on the ground. Pierce Roman carried the ball 22 times for 86 yards. Colin Smith had four carries for 25 yards. Brock Rice had two catches for 37 yards. Mark Dugan had a 23-yard catch. Devin Holbert had four catches for 23 yards. Smith, Roman, Cal Hawkins, Ryan Diltz, and Wyatt Hearth all had catches Friday. Charlie Noon was 16 of 26 for 331 yards and added 10 yards on the ground. Big night for him. Clayton Lloyd had 81 receiving yards. Sam Robinson had four catches for 68 yards. Matteo Mattioli had two catches for 63 yards. Carson Glass had the 63-yard touchdown catch. Aiden Halpin caught three balls for 45 yards. Noon and Oliver Harris also caught passes. You said Wyatt (laughs) Hearth. That's a great name. I love it. I'm your huckleberry. Every time that they said it on the broadcast last week, I thought, I'll keep saying Wyatt (laughs) Hearth. It's fantastic. I love that name.
1: i hope I I didn't do it. I hope I get him on a Friday night highlight. That always makes my day when I get a great name like that and I can play with it a little bit. Okay, so yeah, we talked about this game being high scoring. Maybe not as high scoring as we thought it would be, but still, teams combined for nearly 50 points in this game. Lethal Weapon 4. Welcome back, Logan Landers. We talked about Dixie kind of needing a breakout offensive game. Their quarterback is their engine. More than 250 total yards, two touchdowns in this game. Pierce Rollman is another star at Dixie. We talk about a lot, 86 yards rushing in the touchdown. For me, looking at this game and... You look at the totality of this game and, and for me it's you know, it's Highlands. We'll start with them because three straight losses now for Highlands after starting the season with three straight wins. To me, look, Charlie Noon is is obviously the playmaker here. We talked about the sophomore quarterbacks. He was a guy who played as a sophomore, developed, and look, yep. now as a junior, I'm starting to wonder this kid by the time he's a senior might be in the discussion for Mr. Football because of the numbers he putting he's putting up this season. He's now fifth in the state, twelve hundred yards passing. If you watch him play, you look at him and say, man, he's an even better runner than he is a thrower. And he has 1,200 yards in five games. So that's how talented he is. But for Highlands, for me, going forward, what they have to do is unlock their rush game here a little bit. Because 25 carries for 66 yards against Ryle, and we know how big Ryle is. And, and they obviously won the line of scrimmage in that game. But in this game against Dixie, again, another team with big physical offense and defensive lines. 18 carries 14 yards. So, in back to back weeks, you're looking at a Highlands team we know can be dangerous running the ball, especially with their quarterback, a total of 43 carries, only 80 yards. That's the thing that I see when you kind of go into the numbers a little bit. Once Highlands gets back to running the ball the way they can, I think you'll start to see the results they had earlier in the season. I know the schedule's been difficult recently. However, yeah, that's the one thing I'm sure the coaching staff is looking to and saying, We got to get the running game going a little bit and we'll start to take off. But for Dixie, it's been win-loss, win-loss, win. win. 3-2 and and looking towards next week, I'm sure we'll talk about at the end of the show, the big game that they're going to have next week. But Dixie's the team we've talked a lot about on this show as, you know, we know the talent's there. We saw what they did last season. This is another step in the right direction for them maybe to take off here in the second half of the season and assert themselves to, I think, as one of the handful of really good teams in Northern Kentucky.
0: Simon Kenton, 56, Connorsville, 20. Pioneers get the much-needed win in Indiana and did so with the tweak. Remember the tweak we talked about? I do remember the tweak. 330 yards on the ground. There it is. Including six rushing touchdowns to lead the way to victory. Jaden Lawson ran for 96 yards on five carries and had two rushing touchdowns when rice carried the ball 10 times for 67 yards and a touchdown chase crone was five of six passing for 96 yards and threw two touchdown passes but had three carries for 66 yards and a rushing touchdown as well cody mcdonald rushed six times for 63 yards and a touchdown and caleb blyer also had six carries for 38 yards and a touchdown Jackson Galbraith caught two passes for 51 yards and a touchdown. Chase Williams caught three balls for 45 yards and a touchdown. Aiden Harris had 11 tackles, five for loss defensively. Josh Bowling had eight tackles, one for loss. Chase Gill had five. Joe Vornbrock also had five, with two being for loss, as well as a sack. Caleb Blyer and Mark Ober both had four tackles and one for loss.
1: And you talked about all those tackles for loss. That's 10 tackles for loss for Simon Kenton. So, yeah, the tweak... But still, a defense that made a lot of plays. And that's what they needed. They Mm -hmm. needed it. And look, here it is. My laptop, Steve. Look what I wrote right below Simon Kenton. Needed it. I mean, how many E's are in there? Uh, Ten. Eight. (laughs) Needed it. First win of the season for Simon Kenton. Yes! I'm going to clap for Simon Kenton. Needed that. Um, Chase Crone, three touchdowns. Jaden Lawson, five carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. You talk about efficiency. Jaden Lawson, have yourself a Friday night. Big season for Chase Williams continues. He's he's up there in some of the big counting stats for wide receivers in Kentucky. His big year continues with a touchdown catch. But just can you hear it? Yeah, that's the exhale from down the street in independence for Jeff Marksbury and Simon Kenton. Needed this win. Just needed to have a little success. Taste a win on Friday night. I bet that locker room after the game was
0: hype. And the bus ride home.
1: Oh, man. Getting a 36-point win for the first one of the year. They must have enjoyed that bus ride home because they deserved it. They got it, needed it, and they got it done.
0: Scott, 17, Rowan County, 7. Eagles moved to 4-2 after a much-needed district win at home. Gus Howlett was 7-18 of for 70 yards and threw an 8-yard touchdown pass to Benny Hill. Gus also rushed 14 times for 112 yards and a mullet flying rushing touchdown. Benny Hill had seven carries for 49 yards. Griffin Henderson had a 29-yard catch. Cameron Patterson and Riley Huff had 15-yard catches. Nate Meyer and Damon Hacker also caught passes for the Eagles. Luke Iden, athlete, Governor Scholar, homecoming king, was a perfect 3-for-3 on kicks on Friday night, including a 41-yard field goal in the second quarter to get the Eagles on the board. Zach Shepard had 13 tackles in a sack to lead the defense. Hacker had 11 tackles in a sack. Boomer Kluzman had six. Griffin Henderson had six. Sage Lally had five in a sack. And Dasani Lane had five tackles in an interception. Come on. How about Luke Iden? Top 10 of the state with three made field goals this year. There's only four
1: other kickers with more field goals this season. I'm sitting right by his locker. Come on. I'm telling you, man. There must be some kind of secret juice inside the locker, man. Touch it. touch it. I mean he's it'll run off of you. I was gonna say, you know, athlete, governor, scholar, homecoming king. <laughs> he's a lot cooler than I am, so I'm just kind of humble to be in the presence of his locker. So a two-game winning streak for Scott, four and two. You talk about a team maybe under the radar a little bit. And it's funny because when you and I did this show last week, I said, Okay, read me all the numbers for when Scott wins, and you talked about thirty points and thirty points and forty points and like ah, that's the formula for Scott football to win is to score a ton of points. How'd they win this game? Defense. They won it with defense. Four sacks, two turnovers forced. Only gave up seven points. So a team that, if you would have told me last week Scott's going to score 17 points, I'm like, mm, probably not going to win. But here they win by double digits, scoring only 17. Gus Howitt, big time night, senior leader. Yep. I expected him to go out there and have a big game, and he delivered with nearly 200 total yards and two touchdowns. Zach Shepard and is it Demond Hacker? Damon. Damon Hacker. So Zach Shepard and Damon Hacker combined for 24 tackles yeah. and two sacks. And now you're talking about a team who's ranked top 10 in the state in both pass defense and rush defense. Don't sleep on Scott's defense, what they've been doing all season long. So I thought it was going to be air raid, ton of points, big time year for Scott. They're winning football games with a defense that has really impressed me, and now two winnable games,
0: I think, on the schedule the next couple of weeks for Scott. Connor, 34, Boone County, 7. The Cougars kick off district play with their third straight win in Florence on another big night from the A-team. Elijah Thompson did work on Friday, carrying the ball 18 times for 181 yards and had two rushing touchdowns, not to be outdone. Senior quarterback Alex Castrucci had 13 carries for 123 yards and also scored on two rushing touchdowns. Alex was 5-5 five of five passing for 69 yards and threw a touchdown pass to Cody Crawford, who had two catches for 42 yards. Terry Phillips had three catches for 27 yards, and Landon Brethel had 25 a 25-yard catch as well. Sorry, Landon. Carter Lindeman once again anchored the Connor defense with nine tackles. Matthew Kerr had eight tackles, two for loss, and a sack. Cody Crawford had six tackles, two for loss, a sack, and a forced fumble. Clayton Melcher and Grant Reese had five. Reese also forced a fumble. Frankie Salzarulo and Elijah Thompson both had three tackles and fumble recoveries. Thompson returned his for 41 yards. For Boone, Jeremiah Williams rushed for 104 yards in the Rebel score. Braden McCarty had three carries for 15 yards. Richard West was five of eight for 52 yards. Jay Sean Pouncey had four catches for 42 yards. And Tyler Whipple had a 10-yard catch. Sam Brown and Michael Lee had four tackles. Gary Graves, Christian Benden... And Maury Kenny each had three. Sam Bodenbender and Christian Benden had fumble recovers as well. I'll talk real quick about
1: Boone, then go on to talk about Connor. Uh, So let's start with Boone. Jeremiah Williams, that's back-to-back weeks, good games. He's up to more than 200 yards and three touchdowns this last two weeks. Got to get Richard West going on the ground. Uh, 16 carries in this game for negative nine yards. He's a big weapon for them. Certainly, Connor had that on the scouting report. You can tell the way they bottled him up. So, good on Connor to stop one of the big weapons for Boone. Boone drops to three and three, and boy, the next three. Covecath, Highlands, and Cooper. That's mm-hmm. that's tough. That's where it gets real hard for Boone here going forward. But for Connor, this is the formula it's Castrucci and Thompson. The A-team man, five combined touchdowns, more than 300 yards rushing combined. Elijah Thompson is averaging more than 100 yards a game. He's on pace for a 1,000-yard season on the ground. This kid might flirt with 20 touchdowns. He's got 11 so far this season. So you talk about having yourself a year. Elijah Thompson is not just offense. I mean, he's all over the field, both sides of the ball all the time. Three straight wins for Connor, a good win against Boone County. And man, personally, just a note, their uniforms, I mean, chef's They look kiss. good. They look excellent yep. on Friday night. And that kind of stuff matters to me. Look good, play good. They look really good.
0: Funny thing is when Coach Trosper took over there, I was out there working a JV game, and he rolled out with his gear. And I was like, bro, when am I going to get some of that? It was, they've always dressed. They always dress sharp. You're talking about what he was wearing. Yeah. Oh, and so the he kids was dressed. Okay. Oh yeah, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, they got nice gear. Yeah, it looked good on Friday night. I, I, I learned. I kept it in the back of my head and that was yeah. But it was a lot of different colors. It was the blue. It was the white. It was the red, and it just looked really good. It looked different. It looked next level mm-hmm. to me. And then, of course, you. I'm sure he's going to take credit for that. Did you see the highlight <laughs> of Castrucci looking at the camera as he was I running not, down the field? No. Okay, so.
0: Uh, I can't remember was this a Fox 19. Yes, oh, I missed it. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, you know, it's okay, man. You that know, happens. you can't be everywhere. I was in bed. You know, it's also on Twitter. It's also on our app. I'll it's also it. on our
0: website. I'll find it.
1: There's plenty of sorry, places Alex. to find it, Steve. Yeah. So Alex gets the ball breaks through. I mean, it's like, it's like Marv from home alone. Wow. What a hole. <laughs> so he breaks through. He's got this giant hole and he's running to the end zone. He finds the Fox 19 camera on the sideline and he shoots it a look like, man, you got me. And I'm like, well, we got you. So, to have that presence of mind, I like the showman a little bit in the I'm quarterback. wrong with it. Find the, find the camera, man. Get your shine on, man. Florida-Georgia line. Get your shine on. He scored his
0: touchdown. I thought that was a lot of fun on Friday. Newport Central Catholic 43, Newport 14. Newcath wins the fireman's bell for the 22nd year in a row, as in every year since 1999. Come on, party like it's 1999. On a massive night on for the breads passing game, sophomore quarterback Colton Smith was 15 of 19 for 185 yards and threw five touchdown passes. Luke Runyon had three catches for 65 yards and had touchdown catches of 35 yards and 15 yards. Jack of all trades and Governor Scholar himself, Dominic Morgan, had three catches for 25 yards and caught touchdown passes of 6 yards and 12 yards. Nick Rouse had three catches for 63 yards. Demetric Welch rushed for 62 yards and caught three passes for 39 yards. Matthew Landrum had three catches for 21 yards and Luke Brockman had a six-yard touchdown catch. Colton Smith also had a five-yard rushing touchdown. Big night for him, man. Brockman led the defense with five tackles. Quentin Gilliam and Dom Morgan had four and a half. Morgan also had a sack, two tackles for loss, and an interception. Somebody needs to buy the kid a new car. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah. Nathan DuPont had three and a half tackles, one and a half for loss, and a sack. See what you got coming towards you, your way, when the – as the boys get older and they do good things, I can't even. You're gonna have about it. some idiot with an internet connection and a microphone. And be well, honest. the problem is, Somebody all they want buy him a
1: car. Well, they right now they want <laughs> V bucks for Fortnite. There you go. I can get them V bucks, man. That's like ten dollars. I can't get them a car. Do you see what I rolled in? In I,
0: yeah, I do. I see it yeah, every week. It's not great. Yeah, but you got all that corporate money, Joe D. Corporate money fat cat lunches for the Wildcats. Ethan Jefferson was nine of 15 (laughs) for 108 yards and threw a touchdown pass to Caleb Thompson. Michael King had nine carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. Michael Martin had seven carries for 26 yards. Thompson finished with two catches for 45 yards. Derek Mays had a 23 yard catch and Michael King caught three passes for 22 yards. Andrew Rath had seven tackles, including two for loss. Quincy Barber had five. Robert Sanders, and Michael King both had three. You know what my fat cat lunches are? Because
1: my lunch is considered dinner because I work a second shift. I'm usually, you know, at the station almost always Uh, around dinner time. That's considered lunch. Oh, okay.
0: But you're always asked to guest speak at these events. That's cool, man. I'm happy to do it. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I threw you off there. No, (laughs) I, I
1: think if you can OD on protein bars, I'm there, man. Because we have this like little... Like cafeteria lounge. It's not really a cafeteria. It's like it's more of a cafe where you can buy it's Buy? Not, oh yeah. It's it's not vending machines, but it's just anything you can think of. It's almost like going into a gas station where there's rows of snacks and candy bars and they have some frozen items or they have some cold items, some sandwiches, that kind of thing. Man, I'm not, I used to kill I crushed the food cart at NKU. Can't do it. I can't I just buy like the sandwiches like hot ham and cheese
0: you know in like the little frozen wrapper i can't do that i don't do gas station now this i was in college back then i mean we just spent most of our days cutting class and getting coffee and smoking cigarettes it's
1: like clark Griswold. (laughs) hey kids crack open those sandwiches from the gas station i'm so hungry i get a sandwich from the gas station but yeah i od on like protein bars i eat like three a day it's not good man i need i need a better diet i have to uber eat you guys some pumpkin pie from fishes now that it's out man Oh, oh baby it's Pumpkin, pie, pumpkin season. pie time. Okay, I am off the rails here. So, Newcath, okay? You said big night. Big night for Colton Smith. Man, Steve, he had six touchdowns. Where's the spot to hang out for Newcath kids? When you were in high
0: school, where's the spot? When I was in high school, yeah. it was McDonald's. <laughs> you hung out in the McDonald's parking lot. You busted in with your crew. Everybody was there. And then the Newport the Newport team would come up as well. Okay. I don't know where they go now. I was going to say, hopefully it gets somewhere better. Bro. Well, they used, they they used to be the Beefo Brady's. I bet you it's B Dubs. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He deserves B
1: He deserves ten wings on his teammates. I think he could he probably could. eat forty wings. Yeah, it's a well, big kid. But at the same time, I'm not sure his teammates are going to buy him all forty. We'll, we'll get to ten, man. The rest are yours. Six touchdown, sophomore man. He's really developing into a good player. Uh, my game ball goes to Dom Morgan. You talked about buying this kid a car. He might need a station wagon for all the trophies he's going to get after this game. Five tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack. An interception and two touchdown catches. Boy, that is a full night for Captain Morgan. So, hat tip to Dom for a big-time night. Uh, Newcath, three in a row, four and two, will be favored heavily the rest of the season up until their game against Beachwood. Uh, for Newport, now one and five. But, Ethan Jefferson, back. good to see him yep. back in Agreed. the box score Uh, He is one of the more talented players in Northern Kentucky. He had a nice game uh, considering uh, how good Newcath is. Michael King is another name that we talk a lot about on this show. Might be under-talked about even still for how good of a player he is. And some winnable games coming now for Newport and for Brian Weinrich. uh, Bellevue, Lloyd, Holy Cross next couple of weeks. More like opponents for them to try to get out there and get some wins.
0: Holmes, 50, Holy Cross, 28, the Bulldogs. Jumped out to a 30-0 lead in the first quarter en route to their third straight win and the fourth overall. Tez Calloway's 20-yard pick six on the second play of the game got the dogs on the board. Tay Calloway's 69-yard touchdown catch put Holmes up 14-0. Adam Boone would then have a 35-yard pick six of his own to make it 22-0. Curtis Hill would run one in from 13 yards out to make it 30 nothing. Tay Calloway's 67 yard interception return for a touchdown put the dogs up 36 to nothing with 11 and a half remaining in the second quarter. LeVar Jones would answer with a 28 yard touchdown run. Curtis Hill's 51 yard touchdown run would make it 44 to 7. And Javier Ward's 47 yard touchdown catch midway through the third would make it 44 to 14. Holmes would get their final touchdown on a Caden Crawl, 8 yard touchdown early in the fourth. Holy Cross would tack on two more scores late in the fourth on a 45-yard touchdown catch by Cade Lemkel and a fumble recovery in the end zone by Anthony Russell. Tez Calloway was 3 of 13 passing for 112 yards. Tay Calloway had three carries for 26 yards. Hill had four carries for 80 yards. Amarion Arnold had three carries for 34 yards. Javier Ison was 4 of 11 for 101 yards. LaVar Jones rushed 10 times for 103 yards.
1: I can't think of anything else I'd rather see, and I haven't seen the clip, than LaVar Jones getting loose for a 30-yard touchdown run. I need to see that.
0: I, I saw a picture seen of him from uh, this weekend. It was in one of the, I, I think, the Northern Kentucky football group. And yeah. Man! <laughs> that guy
1: it's a big young it's man it's a big dude the northern kentucky greyhound man we can't call him the bus this is the cincinnati area it's not pittsburgh hey how about him having 100 yards against the fourth ranked rush defense in the state of kentucky holmes's rush defense the numbers this year say they are legit so for him to go out and have a nice game is saying something for him and the offensive line of the offensive coaches for holy cross have a gate. Kade Lemko have a big time game. I mean, four tackles for loss and a touchdown catch. We'll see you at Moonrise Donuts. You deserve it. But for Holmes, you know the funny thing was I saw this score and I think you sent me a text that they were up thirty to nothing after the first quarter. I was like, holy cow! I can't wait to see the numbers for the Callaways and for Curtis Hill and see what they're doing. The numbers weren't gaudy. They weren't. offensively. I'm wondering, like, what what am I missing? Where's this hidden yardage? Pick sixes. They had three, three of them. Pick sixes yes that's how you win football games and and you win big the way they did so the offensive numbers weren't gaudy because they didn't have to be because Tez and Taekwon, uh the Callaways had two pick sixes and Adam Boone had another pick six so here's Holmes ho-hum four and one just cruising along now ranked top 10 in the state in their class uh they continue to uh, do what they do and um they're they're impressive won four or five so far And um, I I don't see it stopping for them. They're going to continue to win games, what I thought before the year would be a seven or eight win team, and they're right on pace to do Mm -hmm. that again this year. I I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago where they were as a team in the state in rushing yards, and uh, they, they were way up there, and it's not surprising, given... Callaways given Curtis Hill but it's the way they run it's it's yeah. not just they're just tough to tackle i think that that probably was a better point yeah they run with an attitude they do and, and it shows they're so strong and and they're, they're they're determined and it's an attitude and it's a talent and it's all together makes them a, a really really dangerous uh, combination of of three runners. Anytime they have the ball, they they can make a play. But yeah, it does jump out yeah. when they get to the end, like near the end zone. They they sniff the goal line. They get into the end zone. Yeah, there, there's an attitude they run with, and I think that just comes from coaching, kind of the identity of the team. The identity, and, that's their identity. And, and I've heard I've been on the sideline, and I've heard Ben yelling at. I remember one time when um, the quarterback is, is it Tez or Tez the quarterback. Tez. So Tez was running, and he had. He had a seam, and he stepped out of bounds, yeah. and Ben let him have it. And basically said, you're too good for that. We don't run out of bounds. You finish the run.
0: And pound for pound, he may be, honestly, the, the strongest and quickest and toughest kid to tackle going downhill in the entire area. Yeah. We've got really good running backs, and they're all different sizes. When we can make it, You can make a case for you know, Gabe Savage out there at Ryle, the way he runs downhill. But the Callaway brothers, the way that they do it, you could take them out of the Holmes team and put them on any team around with experience, big line, small line, it doesn't matter. They're still going to do work.
1: Yeah, attitude plus the little bit of shake and a lot of speed yeah. makes them just really dangerous combination.
0: Bishop, Brossert 41, Ludlow, 7. The Mustangs run their score to 6-0 and as they wrap up the non-district part of their schedule. Another big night for the real Jed Mart. Hey, the real Jed Mart's on the – cover this week can i show you something i'm not yeah not to throw you off don't um, bro i took a screenshot of this
1: this is my twitter mentions look at that jed martin follows you come on man you talk about a big day for me yeah the me real jed
0: martin he follows me too followed wow Jeez. i'm glad i was set. he followed you first i'm sure no that just happened this weekend you and all your blue check marks Anyway, Jed Martin, 14 carries, 138 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Jacob Light was 4 of 6 for 75 yards and threw a 49-yard touchdown pass to David Govan. Jake added 119 yards on the ground, including a rushing touchdown in the two-point conversion. Evan Orth had two catches for 18 yards. Derek Martin had a 44-yard interception return for a touchdown, as well as three tackles on defense. Evan Orth led the way with nine tackles. Austin Schadler had eight tackles and two and a half sacks. Caleb Lukes had seven tackles and a half a sack. Eli Tweehues and Thomas Sayers each had five tackles. Sayers also had one and a half sacks. For Ludlow, Braxton Newborn, good to see him back, had 14 carries for 42 yards. Brogan O'Brien was five of nine for 54 yards and threw a touchdown pass to Jackson Rice, who caught who had three catches for 33 yards. Tommy King, uh, Bracken Ralston. Newborn and Ethan Powell also caught catches. Newborn had 14 tackles for the Panther defense, including a tackle for loss in a sack. Tommy King and Brogan O'Brien had eight. Dustin Brewer had six and Jackson Rice had five.
1: Just makes me happy to see Braxton. Newborn I know me too. Back on a field. And those numbers are now, the rushing numbers aren't his usual. And I, I I thought he would be the one to really test this Brosser defense. And oh boy, Brossard's passing the test, but 14 tackles. In making plays in the backfield. Again, Braxton Newborn is one of the better players in Northern Kentucky, bar none. Uh, but this one's about Brosser. Here we are 6 0. Aggregate score of 156 to 22 this year. They lead the state in scoring defense. Uh, the real Jed Mart. So I did some research here on the oh. real Jed Mart. He leads all Northern Kentucky running backs. You know, we talked about what's going down at Holmes, but he leads all running backs in Northern Kentucky. With 648 yards rushing and six touchdowns. I think there's a couple of quarterbacks, Camp Hurgan included, who have more yards rushing, but running back position, he's number one in northern Kentucky. But this is Brossett, right? Run the heck out of it. Play defense and win games. And they're doing all of those so far this year. Six and oh, and I've talked about how long can they keep this going. I looked at their schedule going ahead. Nicholas County, they're okay. Bracken County, they're okay. Paris, they're okay. Pendleton County, beatable. So here's Brossard now. And starting to get attention statewide. I've looked at the AP poll. They're finally ranked in the top 10. I don't know what took so long considering the results they're putting up. 6-0, and man. I don't know. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Brosser can take this to an undefeated regular season.
0: I'm not going to say anything. Look, I don't want you to, <laughs> to jinx. <'Cause> that's <laughs> it, man. The jinx only I works. Want, I don't want Paul Wiggins screaming at me.
1: The jinx only works if it comes from someone within the program. That's I'm true. outside of the program. You I know. can say anything I want, man. It's just you, me, and a couple of microphones and those people in Seattle listening to us And so Denver, in Denver, and across the world, man. I've seen this some is of your true. stats, yeah. and you got this is big a worldwide stats. podcast, worldwide. But for Ludlow, uh, four straight losses, but. But getting Braxton Newborn back, teaming him up with the B.O.B., Brogan O'Brien, I think better things
0: are coming from Ludlow here the next few weeks. George Rogers, Clark 27, Campbell County 14. The Camels will head into district play at 1-5 and five following the loss on the road to the Cardinals. Nathan Smith was 17 of 30 for 163 yards. He rushed the ball 15 times for 60 yards, including a touchdown. Camden Abel also had 15 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Des Davey had three catches for 43 yards. Keegan Hill had three catches for 42 yards. Colton Peoples had five catches for 33 yards. And Camden Abel had three catches for 18 yards. Mitch McElroy had 10 tackles. Skylar Bowen had seven. Andy Lynn had five tackles, two for a loss and a sack. Zach Funston and Creed Marr both had four. And Des Davey, Brian Gunn, and Hunter Wiseman had three. Talked about the sophomore quarterbacks at the top of the show. Here's one. It's a good night for him. That's
1: the thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, look, there's going to be growing pains, but there's talent there. You can see the talent in just his box score. The, the fact that this kid is on the road against GRC making plays and putting up some numbers shows you that this kid has talent going forward. So, you know, developing for the future, and I'm sure by the time he's a senior, this is a young man who's going to be making uh, some heads turn in Northern Kentucky, but you, you, you go into the box score of this game, and the things that jumped out to me, Camden Abel has some juice. I, we had the highlights on Friday night, had a nice, really nice-looking touchdown run. Uh, 18 touches for him in this game, 100 total yards and a touchdown. They've held, and you talk about Mike Wolf and what his identity is, they held GRC to less than 100 yards passing and less than 100 yards rushing. But what gets you beat? As a football team, man, turnovers. So GRC had two fumble sixes what uh, they scored on, also had two INTs. So you're talking about the fumbles, the interceptions, four turnovers for Campbell County. Again, young quarterback, a couple of picks, but uh, also the two fumbles that went back to the house. So that'll get you beat, four turnovers. Uh, Campbell County right now, one and five, and doesn't get any easier nope. next week. Uh, next game, I believe they have an open week, and then Ryle. they play Ryle. So, yeah, 1-5 in five, uh, and a chance to – but we know Mike Wolf's teams. So they'll keep playing.
0: Dayton 42, Fairview 8. The Green Devils with a big nine on the ground, led by Isaiah Levens, who rushed four times for 107 yards. Preston Baggett had eight carries for 100 yards and a touchdown. Carson Trimnell had nine carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Russell McIntyre had 41 yards on six carries and a touchdown. And Maverick Katakora had a rushing touchdown and a 38 yard touchdown catch thrown by McIntyre and threw a, an 18 yard touchdown pass or threw an 18 yard pass to Carson Trimnell. Eric Jimenez had eight tackles, one for loss, three sacks. Isaiah Lovins had six tackles and a sack. Greg, uh, might need some help here, Joe. Greg Streitholt sure. had six tackles. Del- Dylan Davis and Keith Souter both had five, and Catacora and Baggett had four. Baggett also had a sack.
1: Gotta get Isaiah Lovins and McDonald's endorsement, man. You talk about parting with New Cat at McDonald's. I'm Lovins it. 100 yards <laughs> rushing and a sack in this game. And Maverick Katakora, who was one of my favorite names in all of Northern Kentucky sports. You saw he had the INT, but he had a rushing touchdown, so he was too close for missiles. He's switching to guns. Come on, Top Gun, man. Maverick, he has no idea what I'm talking about. He doesn't, but we know. Yeah, but the parents listening to this might. Dayton's now 3-3. Three and three, Big-time rushing game here. 362 yards rushing as a team. And I like when coaches get a lot of people involved. Nine players with at least one rush in this game, trying to develop some guys in the backfield a little bit. I'm looking forward to two weeks, man, when they play at Bellevue. That's always a fun game for me to go cover. I love the battle for the paddle. Have you ever been... Many, many. Yeah. yeah, many many. So many. you've been to many. Since, uh, even
0: when I was a kid.
1: I was going to say you yeah, you probably I been going it probably four or five times. Oh yeah. And it's intense. It very,
0: man, you know. <laughs> very I can't wait for the Battle for the Paddle here in a couple of weeks. Walton Verona 49 Gallatin County 8. The Barths pick up their third win of the season with a ground and pound game led by Tyson Beach, who had 114 yards on nine carries and a rushing touchdown. Tyson also had a 5-yard touchdown catch from Max Montgomery. Trey Hatmaker caught two passes for 31 yards. Wiley Baker carried the ball seven times for 83 yards and also had a rushing touchdown. Braden Daniels had 41 yards on six carries and a rushing touchdown. Chris Harward ran four times for 35 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Montgomery added 39 yards on three carries. Will Falk had 27 yards. Brett Weithorn had 25 yards and Ben tepe had 11 Ryan Logan and Max Schneider had three tackles. Max Ertel had two. Zach Watson had two tackles, both for loss and two sacks.
1: Another one of those teams with a sophomore quarterback taking over midseason. Max Montgomery has taken over, and he's kept that job for Walton Verona, who snapped a two-game losing streak. Now three and three. Tyson Beach, man. Tyson Beach in a couple of years is going to be big time Mm -hmm. in northern Kentucky. Two total touchdowns. Two interceptions in this game. He and Wiley Baker are really establishing themselves they as are. the guys to be this year. Because we knew coming into the season, what we wrote down what? Trey Ferguson. We wrote down Jacob Gaines. We wrote down Trey Hatmaker. There's been some injuries, some turnover, so new guys have emerged. Beach, Baker, Montgomery, guys that got that get right game this week to get them back to three and three and hopefully catapult them to a better second half of the season.
0: Week seven games. First, we'll do the non-district games. Mason County will travel to Ludlow. Lloyd will travel to Montgomery County. Bellevue will travel to Newport. Simon Kenton will travel to Corbin. Corbin is 5-0, and ranked third in RPI and 4A. They're averaging 35 points a game and 330 yards of offense per game. What do you think?
1: So that breath of fresh air and that... Uh... Big exhale that Jeff Marksberry had. Yeah, but they got better defensively, and that's what
0: they're going to need. I hope he enjoyed it because I
1: know he's uh, he's back grinding for Mm -hmm. what is another big week. But you know what? You can look at it this way. You can look at it as an opportunity now to, hey, we took a step forward. We tasted success. We enjoyed the heck out of that bus ride home after getting a 35-point win. Who's to say we can't go ahead and just play another great football game and have that kind of experience again this week?
0: Cooper will travel to Madison Consolidated in Indiana. They are 3-3 three and three on the year. Beachwood will travel to Dixie. What do you got, Joe? Ooh, Big
1: so, yep. listen, uh, I think there's probably two games on this list that we're going to circle when you have them back-to-back here on the sheet. Let's start with Beachwood and Dixie because I believe Beachwood only lost two games all of last season. One was a game they almost won at CuffCath. The other one was... Dixie. Against Dixie. At home. I was at that game. And Dixie outplayed them. Yeah, they did. Dixie looked like the better team on that night. Won 28-20. And and what you saw was the way Dixie won that game was what was just overpowering Beachwood. Three hundred yards rushing in that game, three rushing touchdowns. Pierce Roman had a night, man. He was he was tough. He had 167 yards in that game. Logan Landers ran for more than hundred yards. So if you're Beachwood. You know what Dixie's coming with, man. They're coming to smash mouth and run it right at you. And if you're Dixie, boy, you're circling this game because yep. guys like me in front of a microphone keep saying, Beachwood this, Beachwood that, best team in Northern Kentucky perhaps. Here's your chance. Make a statement, man. And I that's why I like this game because Beachwood comes into it with a chance for revenge from last year and one of their only two losses. Here's Dixie now looking at, okay, we got you last year. And everybody thinks you're the best team in Northern Kentucky, and Beachwood's earned that to be in that conversation. Here's Dixie with a chance to make a statement on a Friday night. So you kind of got those two emotional sides of it. And I always like the the intangibles of a game because we can talk about Cam Herget, Logan Landers, and Mitchell Berger, and Pierce Roman. But I like to talk about the intangibles, the emotions of going into a Friday night. And I think there's emotions on both sides and, and two teams who both have something to prove but for different reasons, and I think that adds intrigue. Louisville, St. X will travel to Ryle. That's the big one, yeah, right? So the new AP poll is out this week. St. X is number two in the state. Ryle's up to number five. So I think the voters have been listening to the Northern Kentucky High School football podcast. There's no doubt about it. Whenever they take their trips to Seattle and Denver, they're listening to this thing. Okay, I killed that joke. Uh, Man, this is a big one. This is a chance now for Ryle to show it, not to us. We know what they are. This is the chance for them to show it to the state, who they are. And we've talked all year long about the fact that the Death Star has malfunctioned at Louisville Trinity, and that it's wide open this year, considering how dominant Trinity's been. You're going to see a bit of a separation game here. And maybe these teams meet again in the playoffs. They might. But if I'm Ryle boy, this is our chance to show the state who we are, what we're about, and also show a guy like me who is wondering, who's the best team in Northern Kentucky? Is it Ryle? Is it Beachwood? Boy, if Ryle does this, if Ryle beats Louisville St. X, you got my attention. You might have my vote for best team in Northern Kentucky.
0: Then we'll need a COVID game for both of them so they can play.
1: Let's do it. You can ref it, man. <laughs> no, no. I'll announce it. No, you you and ref it. it. No. It'll
0: be all good. I'll- Watch from afar. Or you can just at least assign reference yes, to it. Yes. Um, in the district games, Nicholas County will travel to Bishop Brossard. You know, this is a big game for Brossard. It is. And last year, I think they were both, or Nicholas County was undefeated when they came into this game. I don't remember. I don't think Brossard was undefeated at the time. Big game for Coach Wiggins and the boys.
1: And I've called my shot for him. Don't let me down, Coach. No, I'm kidding.
0: Carroll County will travel to Walton Verona in another big game in 2A. This will determine the number one seed in that district. A lot of young guys for Walton Verona. Big spot for them. Carroll County's got a nice team, Yeah, Said it three times on the show. Scott will travel to Harrison County in 4A. Holmes will travel to Rowan County in 4A. So both both hometown 4A teams on the road. Anything on there, Joe?
1: I'm just looking forward to seeing. It's funny because Scott and Holmes, if you would have asked me before the season what makes them good, I'd say, oh, offense, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Scott can throw it around a little bit. Holmes can run it as well as anybody. Both teams this year have been really impressive defensively, and they always say defense is travel, right? Defense gets on the bus. Defense never takes a night off. Scott's going to Harrison County. Holmes is going to Rowan County. When you go on the bus and you have defenses that have put up the numbers they have so far this year, I think you got to feel pretty confident mm-hmm. as the head coaches of those two teams that you can get another big
0: district win. Scott way. beat Rowland County on the ground. That's what Holmes likes to do. Yeah. Uh, in 5A, we have Boone County will go to Covington Catholic, and then Connor will travel to Highlands. What do you think here?
1: Under the radar game there, right? It is. So that's, that's a uh, big game. So if you talk about the main events, and I think there's a co-main event this week, which is Beachwood-Dixie and Louisville-CNX and Ryle, I think... The, the one game, one rung lower might be Connor and Highlands, like a good undercard. Like if you're watching Showtime before the Tyson fight back when we were kids and Tyson was knocking dudes out, like walking the out first in the 90 black seconds, trunks and oh the man. towel,
0: the and, towel that was like cut up and the music.
1: You get the pay-per-view <laughs> yeah. and like the whole neighborhood would come and you have a big party. You'd wait for five hours and then Tyson would knock a dude out in 47 seconds. yeah But for some some reason it would be worth it because you got to see the show. Those fights leading up to it sometimes don't get as many eyeballs but the real people in the game, man, know those are big games or big uh, fights. This one feels like a big game to me Connor and Highlands, because Connor is starting to put together a season that I'm putting those two little eyeball emojis on the Connor season right now. Like, oh, you got my attention, man. You show up there with what they've got. And then the undercard in the game itself is Castrucci, big time numbers. Charlie Noon, big time numbers. Two playmakers, a quarterback. Good game. Connor has a lot of momentum of winning games. Highlands needs to stop the losing streak, so kind of two teams colliding here. I think that could be a really good game in Fort Thomas. Final thought? Okay, so I wrote this down, and I'm going to play – I'm going to put you on the spot, man. You uh, put you put me on the spot a little bit. There, shaking his head a little bit. Th- this, is, this is fun. It'll be easy. So we talked last week about what teams do we think can be – uh, contenders punching above their weight, right? Punching above their weight, maybe surprise us in the second half of the season. We said, maybe it's Dixie again this year. And certainly Dixie had a good step forward. What they did. Cooper was another team. We talked about, man, Cooper very well could have won yeah. that game against Cove So this week, my thought is this, and I want your yes or no to all these teams. Who do we think are not necessarily state championship contenders but teams who can do damage in the playoffs, win multiple games, okay? So I have a list here of teams that I wrote down that I think can be what I'm calling the damage contenders. Yes or no when I say the name? Beachwood? Yes. Yes, of course. Newcath? Yes. Yes. Maybe Bishop Prossert Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're putting them in the damage contender category. Can any of our 5A teams... Do damage. And that's the funny thing because I'm going to mention them. It's Highlands, it's Cooper. It's Covcath. Yeah, I think I, they I have, have the ability. Yes. So you would say yes, 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 yes to all three. They all have the ability, but at the same time, you know, we, we've seen them all play each other and beat up on each other. And I know Highlands and Covcath will play in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to them getting outside of playing each other and seeing what they do against the rest of the state. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. So you're all yeses so far, man. You're you're, you're easy. Ryle, obviously yes. yes. And the last one I wrote down. And this is, this is the one, right? This is the team um, that we wonder, can they do damage in the playoffs?
0: Dixie. Yes.
1: Okay. Would you throw Holmes in there?
0: I would, yes. Yeah. The thing with, the thing with 4A is when you get into the mountains, those guys are tough I know, to beat. man. They yeah. play a different type of football. They do. They play the type of football that Holmes plays. They want to beat you on the ground and beat you by playing defense, but they do it at a level that's just crazy.
1: So to recap, I'm going to go ahead and add Holmes right here. Because I'm, I'm
0: going to put this aside. I'm lo- hold on. Before you do this. And put it on 5 I'm looking at the 5A RPI. Okay. Right now, when we'll we talk about our 5A teams, you've got Fred Douglas, number one on the RPI. You've got Woodford County, Graves County, and then Owensboro, South Warren, Greenwood, Great Crossing, North Laurel, and then Covington Catholic, then Southwestern, then Cooper, then Connor, and then Highlands is about five down from, from there. So, in theory, yes, I do believe. Now, I've not seen Frederick Douglass. We understand what the program is like. We've watched Covenant Catholic play them. Uh, We've seen South Warren play. We know what kind of program that they have down there. So, I do say yes. Okay, so the list is, the final list of the damaged contenders,
1: as approved by Steve (laughs) Frohmeyer, Beachwood, Newcath, Brossert, Highlands, Cooper, Covcath, Ryle, Dixie, Holmes. Mm -hmm. Are we missing anybody? Oof. That's the tough question. So I have this on file. You think about it. Yeah. If you change your mind, after we see the results this coming Friday night, we can add more teams to it. But this is a good list it of is what a good I list. think are and the it's a
0: good discussion point.
1: damage contenders as we now, I mean, we're getting close to the playoffs, man. It's we're only five weeks left. Five weeks left. We're getting there. And so you got to start thinking about the second half of the season
0: and then the second season of the postseason. Jeremy, you got anything? Hey, man. Jeremy just rolled in. Teaching. Somebody doing work today. I'm going to leave you guys with this today. I mean, obviously, many in the, in the football community know that the head coach at Johnson Central, another mountain team, an advocate and ambassador of kids and teams from the mountains, passed away yesterday. You know, really thinking about those kids and on that team, and can only imagine what kind of impact that he has had in the football community, the overall community, and, you know, wrestling coach as well. Um, into the finals five times in mm. Johnson central I mean, just a just an incredible coach I've watched him coach multiple times when he would be in northern Kentucky and have seen them play online so just um from all accounts just a great leader and a great man it's just really sad
1: a couple of things so I searched his name on Twitter last night when I got home and I was blown away by how much pride he had in his area oh yes his team and who he represented mm-hmm. and I I find that endearing for someone who takes a lot of pride in where they are, especially like in my business, people all the time like, yeah, you want to go work for ESPN? You want to go do that? Now I have a lot of pride in working for who I work for, you know, and it's, you know, my feet are on the ground here and I'm going to give everything I've got to them and everything else will take care of itself kind of thing. So I have a lot of respect for a guy who had a ton of pride in mountain football, and he yeah. talked openly about it. I saw a lot of clips of him talking did you about see the, that.
0: the Pepper Alley clip? I did. Yeah. yeah, and that was after a, a comment was made prior to the state finals. I believe it was the state finals, and I, I want to say it was a someone that worked for Boyle County had said something about mountain people who can't count or couldn't read or something, or they couldn't count to a certain number or whatever it was, and just real tongue-in-cheek, but just kind of classless in a way. Yeah. And then his response was awesome. I yeah. loved it. I wish you would have said count the trophies, <laughs> because I well, saw I somebody do that there too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the that's thing. Part of the I, I
1: saw a reporter down there who I think they had a, a bit of i a, I'm uh, a, a tribute to coach. They put all of his trophies yeah. out on the football it was field. Like five
0: football and it was then two state uh, yeah. wrestling.
1: Really, really impressive. And I thought that was a cool tribute. And. That got a lot of play and a lot of likes and a lot of retweets on Twitter. And I hope a lot of people look at that and, and see his success and uh, obviously remember a guy who, who again, took a lot of pride in where he was from, and uh, I respect the hell out of that.
0: Well, we will see you guys on Sunday. We will be on normal – oh, the old schedule, I guess I should yes. say. Maybe not yeah. the, the, the old normal. It will make a lot of people happy. I'm getting uh, getting all these texts all the time from these – dads these meatheads like where is where's the football show at, where's man? that blog brother where, where's the blog as uh, one of the football <laughs> coaches had said so um thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys next week